This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Blaine Fowler. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Friday, December 18th, one week away from Christmas. Great to have you, everybody. I'm Jeremy Jordan, teamed up with a man who wanted to be one of the 27 fans in the Smithfield House last night, Blaine Fowler. 27 is what they ended 27, up. that's how many I counted. I wish I could have been one of the 27. I would love to see it. Maybe BYU's best team. Like, if you think about compared to everybody else in the country or the world, maybe the best team. But I do understand that people were watching from all over the world on yeah. live stream. How cool is that? It was pretty cool. So we did the scrimmage for men's uh, volleyball last night. And I said – I. You know, in the middle of it, I said, we have no stats. It's just kind of chill. I'm like, hey, tweet at me. Tell me where you're watching. All over the country. And then we get uh, from Quebec. We get from Pachuca, Mexico. We get from London. Like, this isn't a regular match against UCLA. This is a scrimmage. I mean, it's pretty cool. Cougar Nation's so awesome. They are awesome, and they love volleyball. And this team, I mean, hey, I'm going to go run record right now. This is my pick for national champs. I, this, and, 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 I mean, that's not a that's not going out on a limb, actually. You right? finished at number one. Are they better than last year? We'll discuss in the yeah, whip based I, on what I, I saw last night. Phenomenal talent. What an unbelievable program. Really, really, oh, so it's fun. one of the top three programs yes. in the country without question. And, no, and no they're question. they're stacked. They're they left in the middle of the season, ranked number one in the country, right? So they're going to start at number one. Yeah, as well. I, I, I love it. I love it. Okay, uh, here's your show lineup. Uh, Doug Mosley of the Boca Raton Bowl will give us a lowdown on the matchup, how it came to be, what to expect, how many fans will be in the stands. He'll answer that question. Which side of the ball has to win the game against UCF? And is the answer obvious? Does men's hoops have to win today at San Diego State to avoid needing to beat Gonzaga later? We'll discuss. Plus, Yoli Child's news, Taysom Hill news, and a deep blue story of love born of an Instagram DM featuring Colby Lee. Yep, it can happen. There's hope in an Instagram DM. But first, today's headline. Let's start off with it's hoops game day, right? Men's hoops. They face oh. off against undefeated 5-0 nationally ranked San Diego State. 5 p.m. Eastern today on CBS Sports Network. BYU leads this series. They've doubled them up, 48-24, right? But the Aztecs have uh, been pretty good lately. They won last year here in the Marriott Center, 76-71. to Four in a row. Yeah, you know that the Cougs have a little bit of revenge, a little payback in Viejas down there um, this afternoon. Uh, be sure to join uh, Shep and Mark Durant. They've got that pregame show, 4 Eastern, so 2 here Mountain Time on the pregame on BYU Radio Network and the BYU Radio app. So, big game. It's a big game. The San Diego State yeah. team is good, and so is BYU. Payback time. Yeah, big game. Lots of football news. Zach Wilson named one of the 12 finalists. Hey, look at that. He made a finalist list uh, for the Manning Award <laughs> given to the nation's top quarterback. Also, Troy Warner, Zane Anderson, Tristan Hodge, and Chris Wilcox will join Kyrus Tonga as invitees to the Hula Bowl. But where are you going to play the game? Because Aloha Stadium, a report came out yesterday saying, it's a, uh, they've ceased operations indefinitely. It's expected to be condemned. Those that, that have been to the stadium have condemned it for a long time. So we'll see what happens there. The new Aloha Stadium expected to be ready by 2023, but it's 2020. So I don't know where they're going to play that. Hey, there's, a li- there's a cool little stadium where you used to play the Pro Bowl in Maui. They could take it over to there. That'd be all right with me. Perhaps if I was playing in there. that, Maui, I'm okay with that. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. But Maybe they'll go to the North Shore and they're like, Kahuku, we're coming over. There we go. Hey, Kahuku. And- 
And the Cougars continue practice for the Boca Raton Bowl. They leave Sunday. By the way, the equipment truck left last night through the yeah. snow. I, I love how the equipment truck has become like... <laughs> Hal and Philly. Those guys are doing an guys. unbelievable job. They're a national story now after that Coastal Carolina game. And I love it, by the way. Guys that never get credit, that deserve it, that are finally getting love it. it. I love it. So, hey, Cougars in the NFL. Got a bunch. Uh, Michael Davis last night had two tackles. A tackle for loss. A pass breakup in that 30-27 overtime thriller. Uh, the Chargers beat the Raiders. Gavin and I watched that whole thing last night. Um, let's look forward to okay. the weekend. Jamal Williams and the Packers, they've got the Panthers on Saturday. Fred Warner's 49ers play uh, the Cowboys this Sunday. Sione Takitaki is having a great season with the Browns. They're at the Giants on Sunday. Harvey Longy, Longy who, by the way, is all over the place yeah. on the field. Every time I watch, he's involved in an attack at the Jets travel to play L.A., uh, um, the Rams on Sunday, and then the Chiefs. And our own Dirty Dan, Daniel Sorensen, they match up with Taysom Hill. That's probably the BYU matchup yep. of the week with Taysom Hill and the Saints this Sunday. Sounds like Drew Brees will play. So Taysom Hill's run yeah. is he's still He's still got a role. So Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Whether he's a starting quarterback or not, he has an impact on every game. And some bummer news. The Washington Wizards wave Yoli Childs, who was signed in November on an Exhibit 10 deal. He played in one game, scored three points. We'll see what the future holds for Childs. So now I'll go around the waiver wire. Perhaps he'll stay with the Wizards. We don't know the G League season situation quite yet. But uh, best of luck to uh, Yoli Childs. Okay, all rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU and UCF in the Boca Raton Bowl. Seems like a game where two elite offenses will light up the scoreboard. Think uh, BYU-San Diego State 1991. Uh, 51-51. I wouldn't be shocked if we... Had both teams in the 40s, uh, but we'll see. So, Blaine, is BYU, if BYU is going to win the game, which side of the ball needs to have the better game? I think they both have to play well, but but I think expectations are way higher for the offense. Mm. And, and hear me out on this one. Everyone expects that this UCF offense, as prolific as it is, is going to score points. When I'm talking to people in the community today, they keep saying, well, BYU just needs to stop them a couple of times. That's all they need to do, just stop them a couple of times. So I feel like expectations for the defense are, as, as far as fans are concerned, and even football people that I'm talking to, the, the, the expectations are fairly low. Uh, they, they feel like this UCF team is going to move it. They can move it on everybody. Now, on the, on the offensive side of the ball, I feel like BYU's expectations are high. This is a UCF defense that's ranked 117 in total defense and 117 in pass defense. Let's, let's talk about their last game. They played South Florida, who I don't think are world beaters right now. Not very good. They won 58-46, to 46, so they won the game. But South Florida had 646 yards of total <laughs> offense. South Florida. It's, it's, exactly. And so they, they lose a game to, to Memphis, um, and they give up 50 in that game. Yeah. Uh, but they lose by one point. So I think expectations – I think the pressure is on BYU's offense. Yeah. And I feel like the offense feels that. I think that they're thinking, you know, we've had these games. That. We've had these games where we come out and score five of our first six possessions. That's what the expectation is. So the pressure, in my mind, is squarely on the offense to light up the scoreboard. I said it. Um, I think you I think you gotta get into fifties to win this game. Fifties. Okay, so there have been six Boca Raton Bowls. In four of them, the winning team scored 50-plus. There you go. So th this fits perfectly. It's really interesting, right? The, the saying goes, defense wins championships. I think, the, I think the offense actually wins you the game because you have to score, unless your name's Kyle Van Noy. 
and you just take over the 20 12 points. That's, right? that's the only time I've ever seen a defender right. just take over right. a game, right? So I'm with you. I think the defense could put BYU in position to win, meaning get a couple of stops. But the offense has to keep pace. Now, what UCF is going to do is just run a million plays. But if BYU can get out a couple of times and the offense takes advantage, and now UCF is in a position where they're playing from behind, and it's semi-away for them. It's only two and a half hours away. They're going to have more fans probably. Uh, we'll find out exactly how many fans coming up with Doug Mosley. The pressure you said is right. It's on the BYU offense. But guess what the BYU offense wants? They want the pressure to score. Because what has BYU done this entire season? They've been able to score. Now, the exception to that is Coastal Carolina, where Coastal Carolina held onto the ball forever. UCF is not going to out uh, time of possession BYU per se because they want to go fast. So this plays into BYU's hand. And guess what? Tyler Algier, he's going to be back in this game. He's going to play. Gunnar Romney, hopefully he's back as well after what looked like uh, you know, uh, perhaps a concussion. We'll, we'll see. So that's good. I think BYU will be at full strength. But you look at the last two weeks, Blaine, and it, gives you, it does give you a little pause. Let's talk about it. BYU scored 17, and then San Diego State, that's a, that's a cold game. It's icy. It's kind of wet. BYU scores 28. It's enough. But BYU has only scored 45 points in the last two games. But defensively, this is where I think people are forgetting. BYU has allowed 22 and 14 the last two weeks in games where you felt like BYU didn't play that well. BYU has the, the most points scored against BYU this year is 26 by Houston. UCF is going to get, in my opinion, into the 40s. It's just whether BYU outscores them. So this is, <laughs> this is going to be an old whack game like when you played. And it's, it's interesting to me. Stylistically, I think BYU is more comfortable in this game than they are in a game like San Diego State or, or Coastal Carolina. Mm. And, and because BYU doesn't like teams that play keep away. And BYU's yeah. backers are long, athletic, fast dudes that are great in space right now. And so they're almost better playing against a spread team. When have I ever said that about BYU? That's interesting. So they're almost better with those guys in space. Where BYU struggles right now is when a big physical team just runs it down your throat. I think Coastal Carolina is not a big physical team, but they are so unique in what they do. They had success, yeah. Yeah, so so I think BYU, even though the score is going to be high, they feel more comfortable in this type of game. They'd rather be in a track meet, and I think think they win this thing, and they do score in the 50s. Yeah, and and trust me, I'm nervous. Like I think UCF can win this game, but I also think that BYU's offense has been waiting for a moment like this. I, I, it's going to be this. I'm very excited about this game. I love this matchup. It is going to be maybe the most entertaining bowl game in the country this year. Going to be fun. So we're looking forward uh, to that one. I got to look up, and I will while you're uh, introduced to the next segment. What the over under is? Yeah. I, <laughs> do you think? Do you think? I, I'm just going to guess. Is it a hundred? I haven't even looked, but I say it's ninety. Oh, I, yeah. I bet it's. It's really, got to be ninety. But it's really high. So you look way. it up. I'm going to. I'm going to ask you. This up. is a tough one for you, right? Okay. So, shortened pre. Conference season for BYU basketball, right? Yes. Not a lot of quality opponents there just, just by virtue of this whole COVID thing and not being able to play, right? So does BYU need to beat San Diego State today to avoid having to get a Gonzaga win, to split with Gonzaga, to get into the NCAA tournament? Okay, it's an interesting question because what, what wins could BYU have uh, going into Selection Sunday? Right now, BYU does not have enough good wins to merit an at-large at the moment. I feel like BYU's got to have at least a San Diego State or a Gonzaga win, which is a lot of pressure because San Diego State right now is 29 in Kempom. We don't have the net rankings yet until uh, this will be a quad one game regardless for BYU, so it's good either way. 
BYU's got to have a win of note because the best win right now by Ken Palm only is Utah at 63. Utah State, 85. St. John's, we felt like, oh, that was a good win. 91. So it's, I mean, neutral site, that's probably going to be a quad two. So can BYU, and and by the way, St. Mary's is 65, San Francisco 70. Obviously, Gonzaga's won in everything ever right now. This is an important game. I don't think BYU has to win it, but ah, it feels like if they don't, they're going to have to beat Gonzaga at least once. And, oh, well, they've done it. They've done it. Listen, BYU's done it four times, uh, which is unbelievable. But to count on that for an at-large bid is really risky. I feel like I say this every year, but this might be Mark Mark Few's best team. Gonzaga. <laughs> Do I say that every year? It keeps going, yeah. I, I feel going. like I say it every year. This might be Mark's best team, right? And 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 you look, they're they're only three and zero. They've had a bunch of games canceled. Yeah, and they're playing that, Iowa what yeah, this they, weekend? They, they, top five matches. Yeah. They, so, but think about they're they're three and zero right now. Kansas, Auburn, West Virginia. Like, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. And, and so, then the Baylor game was canceled. Right. That was going to be a 1v2. Iowa's coming up. Yeah, so, so yeah, they got Iowa coming up, who's, who's ranked. That's a big, big game for them. Um, they also play Virginia on their schedule coming right. up. Right, they just so, added that yesterday. So, so not only do they already have all the national respect they ever need, and they just we just assume that they're going to win the league every year, but they, even they're in this shortened season, the, the games that got canceled weren't the big, huge marquee games, and then they went out and won those games. You know, And so BYU just didn't have that opportunity. I feel like... If they had beaten USC, that would have taken some pressure off yes, of this game today, totally. right? So that loss and the way they lost, um, I think, hurts. I think they can get some redemption today, but I don't think they have to win. I think Gonzaga, I don't think they have to. If, if they lose today and and say they get swept by Gonzaga, I think then we, you guys, you and, and uh, Spencer have this term called St. Zaga, right? St. Zaga, St. So, Mary's and Gonzaga. So to me, then that eliminates their ability to have a slip up against anybody that's not St. Zaga. Mm. Right, so so I feel like then they would have to split at worst with St. Mary's and maybe sweep them, and and then then Gonzaga. Gonzaga is so good. I don't know that two losses against the Zags. A loss against the Zags, if you play them close, is a good thing for you in terms of strength of schedule and all that. Right. So yeah. so so, B, so, to so me, BYU would have they'd be what uh, twenty two and five going into Selection yeah, Sunday. Yeah, that sounds nice. It sounds great. Like, but, but what you would, ju- when you start to look for the big major wins, what's the just, big win? Yeah, I mean Utah State with, with BYU. Utah, right Utah State Utah. at Utah State. I think Utah. State's going to be better than people think before it's all said and done. Hopefully. I was hoping San Francisco was going to be good because it After looked they like beat they, Virginia. they beat Virginia. I'm like, all right. And then they've just kind of, yeah. Same old, same yeah. old. Yeah. Now, now they're five and the four. Big three and everybody else. Right. So, so it, it's, yeah, they're sitting at five and four. That kills. So it's the big three and everybody else. So, so to me, if they don't win today, then the pressure is really on to win every game other than St. Zaga. <sighs> that's, and that's, that's a, a lot of pressure. small margin for error. Yeah, that's a lot and, of pressure. I, I realize <sighs> it. At San Diego State, BYU could pull this off today. Oh, it just ri- it'd be huge. BYU probably jumps into uh, like last four in with Lenardi. I agree. Right now, BYU's not an NCAA tournament. Hey, team. They are San, not right San Diego now. State is is a veteran basketball team that's got high expectations, and and they're coming off of a win at ranked Arizona State. So and they beat UCLA. Yeah, they and have so this two is, ranked wins. Yeah, so this is if BYU could go down there and steal one, I would call it stealing one because they're yeah. not favored. Yeah. It would be big. Oh, big time. Yeah, and that home court perhaps neutralized with yeah. no fans, right? Yeah. Okay, our question of the day. If BYU is going to win the Boca Raton Bowl, which side of the ball, offense or defense, needs to have a better game? Let's hear from you in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Dan D. Borland on Twitter. You can win on Instagram and Facebook as well. I think the Cougs not only get the win, but they do it in convincing fashion. Whoa! 
Wow. The offense will be potent, but I think the defense needs to put on a show, limit the run. Which, by the way, UCF averages 200-plus yards a game on yeah, the ground. Yeah, they're more balanced than people think. Right. Uh, force UCF to a passing game. Yeah, we're just 373 a game. And our secondary will get some key takeaways. Yeah, perhaps uh, takeaways is, that's, that's is the key. a big thing. And remember, UCF has been very opportunistic. That's that's yes. how they've won these shootout games is because they've been forcing turnovers. Right, so. they're plus 12 so, on you know the what? year, which is Dan, awesome. Dan Borland, nice job. Like, he did some research on this. Related to like, he did Chris just, Borland, he, the Wisconsin I don't linebacker? Know. That guy was good. But but this guy, did, you know, Dan did some research yeah. on this one because he's got his stuff right on. He's bringing they, it. They, he realized that they're balanced, and he realized he got to win and takeaways. So, well, coming up. What's the future for Yoli Childs now after being cut by the Wizards? And Boca Raton Bowl director Doug Mosley tells us how this matchup came to be and what to see around the bowl game. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU travels to San Diego State for a big hoops matchup today. Join Jason Shepard and Mark Durant at 4 Eastern with a Cougar pregame live. Then Greg Rebell and Mark will have the call of the game 5 Eastern on BYU Radio and the BYU Radio app. Big game as we just outlined. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Jerem Jordan alongside Blaine Fowler. Great to have you on a Friday. Let's bring in the Boca Raton Bowl Director, the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl Director, Doug Mosley on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. And, Doug, we are excited that BYU is matching up with UCF in this bowl game. Thanks for joining us on the program. Well, thank you. And I, is your excitement matching mine? Because I'm really excited about having the Cougars down here. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And uh, I'll be down there to uh, see the bowl festivities and the game itself. Certainly a unique year, which we will get into. But first off, how did this matchup come to be? Well, you know, UCF had finished up their season uh, during the week of Thanksgiving, you know, with their uh, annual battle with uh, USF. So they were kind of sitting there waiting for a game. And, you know, they, they had not been down to our bowl game yet. This is our seventh year, and they had not played in our game yet. So we'd always been wanting to have them in our game. There's a big UCF fan base down here. And, uh, of course, it's just, you know, two and a half hours down uh, I-95, or, well, down the turnpike from them. So, uh, you know, when, when they committed early and we hadn't announced the second team and we were kind of wading through some results and, you know, what the Cougars was doing was just unbelievable. And to think that, you know, UCF, BYU, both two top 10 teams of scoring in all of college football, it was just a matchup that made sense. So it kind of, as it came down, it was almost like when you looked at the available teams on paper, there was no doubt about it that these two teams would be just a great game. And UCF, uh, Mark Daniels, the radio play-by-play yesterday, mentioned to us, hey, we were thinking it was going to be an ACC opponent, and then several of them dropped out, and then some just weren't as good. And all of a sudden, BYU popped up, and boom. And BYU, I think uh, fans at least were hoping for a Power 5 team, but I looked at UCF and said, hey, I'll take that. So this ended up uh, working out despite the other not getting perhaps a Power 5 team, but Power 5 equivalent for sure on both ends. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Both these teams are outstanding. You know, I mean, I, I think they would be equal to anybody else that we could have put in here and, and above them. You know, the matchup itself becomes, you know, the greater sum there and what these two teams promise in terms of just not what you're going to see in stadium, but what you're going to see on TV. Um, we think that this is going to be a really great TV game. It's on, well, primetime Eastern, 7 o'clock Eastern. Um, we think that we're going to have a really 
strong audience in this part of the country. And uh, hopefully we'll pick up with the West Coast. I know it's five o'clock your time when it kicks off and four o'clock out in California in the far West. But we really think that this game is going to have a lot of viewers. You know, the, the most important position in all of sports, in this guy's opinion, and I'm not biased. Former quarterback here, Doug. Is the quarterback position, right, Doug? <laughs> and and this matchup is one of the best quarterback matchups in all of the bowl games in college football this year. Your bowl record is 373 yards passing. Dylan Gabriel averages that. And then here comes Zach Wilson, a likely first-round draft pick. How do you guys feel about this quarterback matchup in the passing game in this one? Well, as a former tight end, I always appreciate a quarterback that can get me the ball. <laughs> so, uh I, you know, that look, there's great players on both sides of the ball in this game, on both teams. These are two great teams, but you're right. These two quarterbacks, I mean, you know, both of them nationally ranked in the statistics as well as receivers on both sides. Let's, let's face it, there's got to be somebody to catch it. But the matchup, I have a feeling that the TV talent's going to be talking about, that's going to be the buzz of the game, is going to be these two young quarterbacks. Um, you know, what a game this is going to be. I know the UCF quarterback being from Hawaii knows a lot of the kids that are kind of in the circle there with BYU. And uh, they've shared with me that he's excited about playing the Cougars, that, you know, he's got, if not directly knows some, tangentially knows some of your players. So it's it's going to be fun. It certainly is, you know, kind of the marquee part of this game, isn't it? Yeah, we, lo we love to watch great quarterback play. An interesting thing we found out this week, Doug, was that the fathers of these two quarterbacks, Dylan's father and Zach's father, played against each other in high school. How fun of that is that as a spin on this game? It's pretty fun stuff. Yep. I so, mean, to think that you've got a team from Florida and a team from Utah coming together, but yet, you know, that's why I say college, college sports, college football is a small world. And uh, you're going to cross paths somehow, somewhere. Now, now this, is, this is a little bit different year for all of us in all sports. Well, in all aspects of life. How has COVID affected bowl week for you guys and the activities associated with the bowl game? Well, I've got about 20,000 fans that want my hide right now that can't get into the stadium. That's the first thing. Um, both teams went through their tickets quick. And I literally was... <laughs> I mean, right before I sat down here, I was dealing with emails from people that I'm just going to tell them, we don't have room. You know, it's a 30,000-seat stadium, which is a great size for a bowl game like this. You know, when you're pre-Christmas, and, and that's the thing. We always have to be pre-Christmas down here because after that, it opens the season and South Florida is just packed out. But it fits well in this week right before Christmas. So 30,000 seats for teams being able to finish up the season in a normal year and come down here, they've got about two weeks to do that. Um, this year, there's only 6,000 seats. It's 20% capacity is what we're limited to. So that's why I say there is a ton of people that, uh, you know, are saying, I can't believe I can't get into this game. I got to watch this game. And that's why we're trying to tell them, you know, your best bet right now is TV. Um, we're going through a lot of other measures, too, to make sure that there's a safe and healthy environment, not just for the fans in the stands, but for these two teams, too. And hats off to UCF and BYU. They have been great every step of the way to make sure that the medical folks are talking, the teams are talking, and, you know, we want to put together a, a safe and healthy environment for them. Yeah, that'll be the second or third most fans that have attended a game this year uh, for BYU. So I know BYU fans are excited about the opportunity to be able to go to a game, and BYU has more than two days to prepare to go back east this time, so that's exciting as well. Uh, this has been a fun matchup where the American has yet to win a game in this bowl, which is interesting, including SMU <laughs> last year, right? 0-3. 
But Conference USA is five and zero. In comes BYU as an independent. So you've had a taste of a couple different conferences. So uh, and then you look at the shootout element of this, Doug. I've noticed that of the six games, four of those featured the winner with fifty plus points. Do you expect a shootout in this one like we do? Yeah, I fully expect. Yeah, I mean it's you know let's face it. Outside of one year when we just had. A, uh, a rainstorm come through that typically doesn't happen at this time. We're in our dry season right now, but it's a great surface in FAU Stadium, even though it's a natural surface, not artificial turf. Um, it's a great surface, a great environment. It's just, you know, the weather's just right for offenses to go. Defensive coordinators come in here, and I think we put gray hairs in their head. <laughs> Speaking of weather, I know it's, it's a little bit of a long-term forecast, but, but what are we looking at for, for game day down in South Florida? Well, I mean, I was looking ahead to that, too, because it is brutally cold here right now. It got down into the 70s here. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. We, we just can't have that. So it's going to be in the mid-80s. Um, you know, being by the ocean, there's always a chance of a little bit of rain, you know, a pop-up cloud coming off the ocean or something like that. But um, we're not looking at any kind of major precipitation that day, anything along those lines. It should be a beautiful evening. I've been to Fort Lauderdale before, but never Boca. So give us a sense of what uh, BYU fans who are going there can enjoy in Boca as much as you can in a pandemic. Yeah. Well, our beaches are nicer up here. <laughs> actually you know we're just north of fort lauderdale it's all kind of i mean from miami really almost practically to key west all the way up to jupiter and fort pierce it's it's you know there's a, a big population down here so uh fort, fort lauderdale's not far away but boca raton is a beautiful city located right here on an inlet out into the ocean um it's it's a uh, uh what's the best way to describe but it's kind of a Mediterranean-style architecture that you'll see in our city. Um, it's very unique and has been very attractive to folks. Our real estate market is red hot right now for people who are trying to get out of the Northeast and, and uh, get back down here to this weather, especially after the weather they've had moved through there. Um, and, and Boca's really very, it's a, uh, you know, even though if you remember the uh, Seinfeld show about Del Bo Boca Vista, well, <laughs> Boca has almost been like, we want to shed that label. You know, they always felt like that was kind of unfair. We've got our share of retirees, but this is a very young, vibrant town. There's very much of a, a uh, kind of a new industry feel here. Um, technology's big down here. Uh, entrepreneurship within the state of Florida and, and you know, no, no personal income tax. So it's a habit place. You know, I, I have been down that way. And that corridor that you mentioned, Doug, from Jupiter on down, to me, that's a golf capital of the world down there. there. There's so many great golf courses, and it's my favorite part of the United States for all different types of food to, to um, have a chance. You can eat anything you want down there. And so I'm jealous. Jerem gets to be down there this next week. I don't get to be down. I'll be up here in the studio, but, uh, but I wish I was coming down. And I, I, was, I would bring my sticks with me if I was coming for nice. sure. Well, let me tell you, there's some great seafood places really near where the Cougars are staying. I mean, some of my favorites, because Jupiter is one of the homes to uh, Major League Baseball spring training. So I'm up there quite a bit during the spring training season, and there's some great places to eat on the water up there in Jupiter. Look at the, the Jupiter Lighthouse. It's kind of an iconic figure there. But uh, you're right. I mean, have you had a Cuban sandwich yet? Cuban sandwiches are one of my favorites. Um, there's all kinds of stuff here. 
Well, awesome, Doug. We really look forward to uh, the game, the situation as well for BYU. We're excited about the chance of BYU playing in a bowl game in a pandemic. Not everyone uh, has played their game and had issues, and uh, as of right now, so far so good, which is great. So uh, we look forward to it, and uh, we're excited to see it. Well, we'll be excited to have you down here. And uh, everybody's excited about the Cougars. Of course, uh, I don't know if you guys know the fact that BYU, or I'm sorry, the church is actually one of the biggest landowners in the state of Florida, one of the biggest private landowners. So there's a big, big BYU faction down here anyway. There, there's going to be a lot of fans for the Cougars here. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Doug, we appreciate the time and best of luck. Thank you. Okay, that's Doug Mosley, the bowl director of the Boca Raton Bowl on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. I mean, in a normal situation, I think that 15,000 BYU fans show up at this game, right? Oh, at absolutely. At, at least that down there. And um, and that in a 30,000-seat stadium, BYU would ha- have it more than half full just with their fans. And UCF's close enough to drive down. I think this is a compelling matchup. I think you – I love it. you got to get to 50-something. To win this game. Right. And BYU's been. You got to get to 50-something. How often do we say that? We've said that in basketball before, but not in football. I said it earlier. I thought, hey, BYU and San Diego State 91. Think that. That's yeah. the type of game oh, we might man. have here. It, c- it could be so fun. <laughs> well, well, coming up, the journey from bench warmer to starter for BYU basketball's Kobe Lee. It's the feature of uh, today's Deep Blue. And I get to spin the wheel of consequence again. I am a loser, and I will spin the wheel. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Hey, BYU will face UCF, one of the great matchups in the college bowl season. We just talked about it. I love it. Next Tuesday, the Boca Raton Bowl. Countdown to kickoff. We'll get you ready for that. Tune into BYU TV. Dave Nixon, Dave McCann, me, you, everybody involved in this stuff. We'll get you ready for the game. We start coverage at 6 p.m. Eastern. We'll be here in studio. You'll be down in Florida. That's December 22nd, BYU TV and on the BYU TV app. Can't wait. Next Tuesday, loaded. Uh, hoops, Monday, Wednesday, yes. football, Tuesday. Let's go. Okay, he is Blaine. I am Jeremy. This is BYU Sports Nation. And uh, when you're a loser, you spin the wheel of consequence. Uh, I lost 3-2 <laughs> in prop picks last week. So let's spin the wheel. Let's go. Here we go. What am I doing for the rest of the segment? I can't see it. Oh, I can see it on the monitor. Oh, boy. What is what, that? What is it? What is it? Oh, wait. Where is it? It says top button. It's co-host choice. What, which is it? You get wait a pick. A no, it's co-host choice. So okay. Whatever, so you, whatever you, I, yeah, it was you get a choice. pick out of these options. Well, so ever, whatever so go, I pick. Go, go ahead and assess this. Whatever I pick. Oh, I, 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 I do for the rest of the segment. You have to do whatever you, I say for the rest of the segment? Not, well, no, on the, on the wheel. <laughs> oh, what's because oh, I got some stuff for you. What's a low rider? What's that? Oh. Is that your choice? No, I don't know what it is. I, I have to lower my seat all the way. Oh, yes, that's it. Okay. You have to be – you must be a low rider. Because here's the thing. I have – just so you know, I have my seat up as high as it can go because every time I put mine up a little bit, Jaron puts up his a little bit more. That's not true. He likes to that's talk Jason. down to me. So No, that is Shep. I'm not, I'm not the producer anymore. I can't talk down to you. Shep, his feet, <laughs> Shep's feet go numb in, uh, when he does the show. His chair is so yeah, high. Yeah, because it's so high. It's, it's pushing like, against yeah. the desk, and his okay. feet go numb. But he's up for that. So. Well, all right. Okay, let's – let's. here oh, we go. Are you ready? ready? Let's whip it. Yeah. The Cougar Whip Around <laughs> is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. This is so awesome. I love this. <laughs> okay, little guy. 
Question. San Diego State <laughs> is an eight-point favorite today against BYU. Is that a fair number? I feel like I should talk like this. <laughs> you should too. Can someone bring some helium in for my little guy? Okay. I, <laughs> I love their friend. <laughs> Yeah, eight points. I feel eight points lower than you here on this chair. I think it's a fair number. San Diego State is one against two ranked teams. BYU has some good wins, but they don't have any great wins. I think eight's fine. Uh, BYU could cover that, though. We'll see. But it's about winning and losing. I, I agree. I think that that is a fair number based on what San Diego State's done up to this point. Um, it's 5-0 San Diego State team ranked nationally. BYU's on the road. I think it's fair. Can BYU win? They got to shoot. No, no one's listening. No one's listening to anything we're saying right now. No one's listening to a single word we're saying. Okay, which BYU Cougar, Taysom Hill or Daniel Sorensen, will have a greater impact in a possible Super Bowl preview this weekend of Kansas City and New Orleans? Although I didn't see Seattle in here, so that's probably inaccurate. This, he in Seattle. <laughs> you, from a, from that position, you can't talk about Seattle. That's true. From that low. Wait on So here. I am going to say Danny Sorensen is going to have a, a bigger impact in this one, and the reason is. We're hearing that Drew Brees is going to play this yeah, Sunday. And so like Taysom's not going to have the ball in his hands every single play. Now, I'm not discounting that Taysom can't have a major impact in his slash position because he will. But I'm predict- I'm going to go out on a limb right now. Daniel Sorensen, Dirty Dan, is going to have a game-sealing interception Ooh. at the end of this Ooh, game he's again. He's had a couple of those. He's had him. He's yeah. had him. He's got a pension for that. Drew Brees will be a quarterback, and, and Danny's going to pick him off to close the game out. Just to be contrarian, which is what some people think I do on this show on purpose, <laughs> I'll do Taysom Hill. <laughs> coming from coming from your position no one, of No lowness. one cares what I'm saying. On to the next one. Taysom Hill, whatever. So, okay. This is, this is the worst one. I hate I, this one. I, so have, I have a hard time. No, this seat. I have a hard time seeing you down there. <laughs> so, but, okay. Will Yoli Childs land on another NBA team. I think he will. I think someone will see that athleticism give him an opportunity. I, I think so. It, it's tough to be cut by that first team, but you know who was cut and then has thrived? Taysom Hill. So perhaps Yoli Childs has a similar experience. Yeah, and and I, it's so hard right now because yeah, because I'm low in this chair. He's doing and all that kind of stuff, but I feel like Yoli's a gamer, and for him to make a team, he he's a tweener size-wise, right? So so he's not quite as tall as most of the guys that play the position he plays. You're he's like he's small. Yeah, he's like this. But he's got long he's like, arms. He's like this. But he's got long You're arms. You're Matt Harms and I'm Alex Barcelo. He's got long arms, which you do not have. No. You have little, little short T Rex kind I can't of arms. I can't get Burger King Whoppers. I just have small hands. When you when you have a mic, you can't hand it to the other hand, you have to toss it to the other <laughs> hand. You'll talk on the mic. It's a throw. No, so so Yoli's a tweener size-wise, and, and to me, I think his athleticism, his jumping ability, all of that more than makes up for it, but that only shows up on the floor. And in the NBA, in the, NBA, in the NFL, people are so caught up in numbers. Um, I think that that's a, a detriment to him. At some point, a team is going to give him enough playing time that they're going to go, oh, you know what? At this height, this dude can play. I think eventually yep. he'll, he'll find his way onto another NBA team. Okay, Aloha Stadium was deemed unsafe to hold crowds of any manner and faces possible condemnation. Uh, condemnation. Uh, Blaine, are you sad to see the possible earlier demolition of Aloha Stadium? Because they were going to demolish it in 2023 after they opened the new Aloha Stadium. But it might be sooner. Who knows? I, I'm, it's, it's sad for me. There's a lot of history there for me, both playing and broadcasting. I, you know, Most memorable for me is my favorite play in BYU football history. That's Kyle Morrell over the top against yeah, Hawaii in, in that stadium to basically preserve the national championship season. My second favorite play, I don't think it was that year, was when Kurt Govea um, knocked 
Walter Murray out the next year. Both in the top 100 players. Yeah, which which we'll talk about that in a little bit. But so there's a lot of football memories for me in that stadium. Um, and I broadcast a number of games in that stadium. Dave McCann and I one time walked into that stadium with a river running out of the portal. It was raining so hard up to my ankles. I had to roll my pants up and take off my shoes and socks <laughs> to get into the booth. Wow. I, it makes me feel old because I've got I've got such history there. To see a, a building like that with so much history uh, being torn down, it makes me feel old. Yeah, I, amen to that. Uh, you know, watching games over the years. Went for the first time last year in the bowl game. It is definitely a dump. It needs to be renovated, but they're not going to renovate it. They're going to build a new one, but it's not going to be ready until 23. So this is a tough situation there. They'll have to figure something out. Okay, question. Is BYU men's volleyball better than they were last year? I think so. And they were awesome. How is that possible? Uh, because they returned everybody but uh, Andrew Lincoln, who didn't play that much, was kind of injured. Um, you have four All-Americans back, National Player of the Year, the best setter, outside hitter, and opposite in the country. Are you kidding me? Uh, and BYU's better at middle. They're better with some of these freshmen that came in. Mix Romanis uh, and uh, Leo Meyer, uh, or, uh, Zio Meyer came in, the uh, setter. I think BYU's better. I think they are. But everyone else kind of returned everybody as well. So it's going to be fun to watch. My, my feeling is this, and I don't know it as well as you do because you cover it, but I watched them last year. They were number one when the season stopped. Everybody of consequence is back, plus some new talent. I say they're going to be better. My pick for national champs. I'm saying it I hope on so, the record. Man. I hope so. All right, coming up, prop picks. The pressure is on to make Jerem spin that wheel again and sit in a low seat if I choose. I'm 0-3, man. It's not going well. And up next, Deep Blue with Colby Lee. He's much taller than I am, even right now. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Watch BYU football top 100 plays. The one we just saw in the background is one of those, of course, the Kyle Morrell play. As we count down the top plays in BYU football history on BYU TV, you can watch the show on demand anytime on the BYU TV app. We've had some fun reaction, and you talked about, oh, hey, Blaine, what's up? Hey, uh, I like you, it. You talked. I like it when you're down low. You talked about the, uh, you know. It makes me feel superior. Sorry, what? What's going on here? What are you doing? <laughs> that, that was the worst one, man. Undoing the top button, that's nothing. Whatever. Uh, yeah, check it out on demand. You talked about that play, and uh, it's in it. So many fun memories from uh, Aloha Stadium. And we hope they figure that situation out. Okay, welcome back to the show. Uh, from bench warmer to starter and single to married, uh, the past year has been one of growth for Colby Lee. Here's his Deep Blue presented by America First Credit Union. We're here to help. Assist Kobe Lee, I've taken to calling him like a 200-year-old oak tree that you just know exactly what you're going to get. Every day you know you're going to get 100% of his effort because that's just who he is, and that's his work ethic. He is a soft-spoken, deep-voiced kid that was obviously a big-time player at Idaho. His freshman year didn't play a ton and then has he was kind of the breakout star, right, last year for BYU, and no one expected anything from him. Toulson on the spin, leaves it for Colby Lee. Right hand, maybe hook. And he has been so aggressive when his teammates have given him the ball in a, in a scoring position. I don't do anything flashy. You know, I show up every day. I do what I'm supposed to. I do what the coaches need me to do. Like, the first word that comes to mind with Kobe may not be graceful, 
but man, he's effective. He does things that nobody else in the game in college basketball could do. You know, I don't really have to worry about him too much after the games or during the day because I know he has, you know, a loving, supporting wife that's going through the same things he is as a student athlete here at BYU. All right. What? This is how we settle a lot of bets. <laughs> she followed me on Instagram, and normally I would have been like, oh, just a girl, whatever. She's from Michigan. I wouldn't think twice about it. But I had a feeling, I was like, maybe I should message this girl. When he messaged me on Instagram, he said, are you LDS? I said, yeah. And basically, two lines later, it was, wow, you're tall. We would have really tall kids. <laughs> we started... Yeah, talking every single day. We would be on the road for games, and I'd be in tears after the game because I didn't play to the, my best abilities. It was really nice to be able to talk to him and hear, I absolutely understand, and I know how you feel, and I'm here for you. And so we grew a lot during that phase. And then I did the crazy part and took a trip out there. I didn't think I could be catfish in that sense where we were FaceTiming every single day, and I could watch her also play ball, so. He would talk this out to me, too, over FaceTime. He said, it just makes sense. I can come to Michigan. I know you're not crazy. We've talked for so long. And I know you're not a serial killer because you have a lot of followers on Instagram. As soon as I saw him walk out of the airport, I was, it was just so, it was the most amazing moment to finally put just who I knew he was to hit the physical Colby Lee. It was, it was awesome. And he came up to me and my first response was, oh my gosh, you're huge. I loved it. <laughs> Spent a lot of money though. A lot, of, a lot of money on plane tickets for both of us flying back and forth for a couple of years. And then she ended up transferring here this year and she actually just found out her waiver passed so she can play this year, which is big time. So we're super excited for her. Kobe, you're also an extraordinary young man with so many rare qualities. Over the last year, I've watched you fight back from surgery, overcome setbacks and disappointment, master <laughs> new skills through hard work and dedica dedication, and rise up and beat seemingly insurmountable odds and foes. I mean, you were 17 for 21 against UCLA, Kansas, and Virginia Tech. I'll never forget that huge three you banged against the Zags. Listen, when, when, you, when you get to be around a young man that is as solid and grounded and knows who he is as much as Kobe Lee, any part of their life that you get to, be, to share with is really special. And so getting to be with him and Kayla on their wedding day was, uh, was a real gift, and it's, it's just extraordinary. They're a, they're a beautiful couple, and, and they're going to do great things. All the competitiveness, all of that, the drive at practice, I mean, it carries over into our relationship. It carries over to how we help each other with dishes or vacuuming. It's a team effort. I'll be shooting around and I see him in there lifting or I'm in the weight room and I see him out there shooting around and I looked at one of my teammates. I just said, it's surreal. Like, this is so surreal that this is actually happening. Like, I am here with him playing basketball, the game that we love, and I'm here with him every day. I come home to him and I'm with my best friend. and. I could not ask for anything better, so. That she means more to me than anyone in this world. And I'm thankful that she's 6'3 and gonna provide me D1 babies. I would just like to say thank you for pushing me to be the best I can be and always being there when I need you. I love you and Heavenly Father has blessed me to have you in my life.
Deep Blue with Colby Lee. Great to see that relationship. It started with an Instagram DM. Uh, oh, we'd have tall babies. I don't know if that's the leading line for many of you when you first well, he made someone. He made every mistake possible, <laughs> and he still got the girl. What, how does that even happen? And you can he, see how he happy says, they are. You're not yeah. crazy, and you're not a serial c- killer. Let's get together. That's the conversation Let's they had. I didn't think I'd get yeah. catfish. But, but the first thing he said to her when they met face-to-face, did you catch that? Wow, you're huge. Who gets away with that? Yeah. So I, I no, had. She said that to him. Oh, she yes. said to him, yes. "Huge." Yes. Oh, I no, thought. No, 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 no. Uh, the reverse of that would not. That, have, no, it can't happen because I, I learned a lesson. I, I had a Sullivan Award finalist that used to work for me, Jean McNulty. She was an All-American basketball player from Montana, and I wasn't quite sure how to introduce her. And she said, "My brothers used to say I'm big. Please don't call me big." I oh, said, yeah, well, I no said "What way. do you? What do I say?" And she says, "Just tell people I'm good size." So that's that's how <laughs> that's how you're supposed to do it. Yeah, she's I'm, good. She's I'm, good size. Speaking of, I'm still too tall. You're too tall. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, I'm gonna I want to recruit their D1 athletes. Colby's all excited about this. They're gonna rival Bronson Kafusi and Hillary Smith, Hillary yeah. Kafusi, for recruitable athletes right out of the womb. I mean, the, the you got the Collinsworths, athletes. You got the Hardings. Now. Size. Yeah. You got it all. I mean, there's a the, million of those the, couples. It's the awesome. boys will be huge, and the girls will be good size. There you go. They'll be good there size. Go. Colby Lee, deep blue. You can. Uh, by the way, those are all. On demand on the BYT. What a, what a great story. Deep blue. What a great story. So, well, coming up, a rise and shout to a member of the BYUSN family. And last but not least, prop picks. Let's see if I can do anything to not have to sit low and spin the wheel again. This is BYU Sports Nation. Deep Blue on BYU Sports Nation is presented by America First Credit Union. We're here to help. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation is always on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or you can download the podcast. You're going to Google. BYU. I do like this. That's how I do it. (laughs) And and I Google. I'm going to put in BYU Sports Nation podcast. And you'll be able to find it. I think you go to www.google.com. That's what I'm being. No, I just say. Siri, Google. Oh, gotcha. Oh, wait, my phone just buzzed when I just said that. Oh, boy. She went, huh? Siri's listening. So she's listening to me. But, yeah. um, and when you when you go on there, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show. We need, yeah, we need you can to, do it in any order you want, you as we that, talked so. about earlier in the week. Okay, uh, prop picks for BYU Hoops at San Diego State are presented by Tim Daly Ford, part of Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. Let's bring in the voice of BYUSN. His name is Ben Beck. All right. If Spencer's out, Blaine's in, which means, Blaine, hey. you can either help or sabotage Spencer. Ma- mail it in. I'm over for three. Let's go. I would like to see Spencer sit low. <laughs> Jerem's offering to take you to lunch, Blaine. Hey, exactly. uh, pop pick number one. San Diego State is giving up 52.2 points per game while BYU scoring 77.8. Halfway between the two is 65, so will BYU score more or less than 65 points, Blaine? You go first. This will be a low-scoring game. BYU will score less than 65 because not only do the Aztecs play phenomenal defense, BYU can match up and play great defense. BYU's going to score less than 65. That doesn't mean they won't win. Uh, that's a fun thought, Blaine. Uh, I think BYU will get barely over that to 67. I think it will be low scoring, but BYU gets to the high 60. All right. All right. Prop pick number two. Who will be the game's second leading scorer? I'm going to go with Matt Mitchell. And, and people, and here's why. I think Barcelo is going to lead this game. He's going to be the leading scorer in the game. People would say, well, what about, what about Jordan Shackle? Because he's, he's their leading scorer. BYU does a great job on the other team's perimeter leading scorer shooters. 
I think they'll do a great job of face guarding him. Um, but Mitchell's a great player. And when, when Shackle's scoring's down, Mitchell steps up. I say Mitchell is the second leading scorer. Yeah, I have Mitchell or Shackle as leading scorer. And then I have Alex Porcello as the second leading scorer. Ah. So we'll see. We'll see. All right. Let's do for the final prop pick a battle of the BYU bigs. Which BYU big, Arms, Harward, Loner, or Lee will have the greater number of points, rebounds, blocks, and assists? So we're going to add all these up for a total, right? That's yeah. how we're doing this. So yeah. If we're adding them all up for a total, I, I'm going to go with Harms. I, I think his size is going to give San Diego State problems. They've got a you know, couple 6'10 guys, but it's 7'3. And I think his ability to stretch and the floor and then go get offensive boards. BYU's going to have to get offensive boards. I think both are going to have – I think Harward and Harms. Harms is going to – when it's all added up, Harms will have the most. A couple years ago, I talked about the combined combination of all those things plus steals called Parbs. Parbs. So it's just Parb in this one. I like this. this Parbs. Blocks. So Parb, I think Richard Harvard will continue what he did against Utah. He'll come off the bench, and he'll have the most Parb for the game. Parb. I like this. Is this an <laughs> Parbs, official? Apostrophe. Is this no. an official NCAA stamp? It's Parbs? an official BYUSN NCAA stamp. I love it. Okay, love those it. are the prop picks. Awesome. Okay, question of the day. BYU is going to win the bowl game. Which side of the ball offense or defense needs to have the better game? Our Elite Voice of the Day is presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Thomas Gordon on Twitter. Defense needs to step up. The offense has shown throughout the season they can consistently put up points. But the offense we're going to face in UCF is probably the most potent of any team we've seen this year. Not probably. It is. Others will do its job, but the defense has to stand strong. That will be an interesting thing to watch. I can't wait for that game. I'm really. This is the most excited I've been about a BYU bowl game in a few years. And frankly, the game I'm most excited about outside of probably Coastal Carolina. Yep. Okay, today's Rise and Shoutouts are presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. So my shout-out goes out to Brittany Linton, who is going to have a baby sometime. This is our own Spencer right. Linton's wife. That's sometime right. Spencer will have the assist, but shout-out to Brittany. Yeah, good luck to Brittany and, and Spencer and the Lintons this weekend. Mine goes to Cougar Nation. What an experience we had last night with the scrimmage and the tweets. It was awesome. Our thanks to today's guest, Doug Mosley. Well, we ran out of time. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag, hashtag BYUSN. For Blaine, I'm Jerem. Sorry, Dennis. Go Cougs!